0: 24 Legacy features all of the hallmarks of the classic 24 on Fox. The only thing missing? You! Check out 24LegacyFans.com now and jump into the best discussions about 24 Legacy. Log on to 24LegacyFans.com. That's 24LegacyFans.com. An official partner of the 24Podcast.com effort. Shield. Shield. It's an
1: organization that both exists and doesn't exist all at the same time. For those in the know, S.H.I.E.L.D., the Strategic Homeland Intervention, Enforcement and Logistics Division, is the counterterrorism and intelligence agency run by director Nick Fury. Its global reach, with thousands of operatives with differing skill sets across the globe, continues to grow. S.H.I.E.L.D.'s activities have been documented for a long time, both in comic books and feature films. Those legendary tales now transfer to the smaller screen in a weekly series on ABC via Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., a chronicle of the findings of a crack team of S.H.I.E.L.D. agents. This is the detailed review of those chronicles. Set your life model decoy to take care of life's business for now. It's time for another episode of the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast from Two Guys Talking.
0: The ramp to story greatness almost always begins its ascent in the third chapter. As we arrive into the third of eight entries, into the realm of Marvel's Inhumans on ABC and Hulu streaming, we find a new Inhuman power team full of threats, bent prison screws, and a ganja farm? There are clearly a lot of highs inside this entry, along with some Not so highs. But the good news is that it's time to traverse all of it inside this review of Divide and Conquer, the third episode of Marvel's Inhumans on ABC and Hulu streaming, during the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast. Greetings, everybody. I'm Mike Wilkerson, one of your hosts.
2: And I'm Nicholas J. Hearn, your other host.
0: My thanks to everybody that's been downloading our very first episode. We appreciate all the downloads, and we can't wait for you to listen to this one. Yes. First, some quick housekeeping. The podcast bug. Nick, I have some wonderful news about the podcast bug. Are you ready? Tell me about the podcast bug. We have just been contracted by an organization called FinCon. F I N C O N. It is the nation's largest financial convention of podcasters. Oh. In Dallas, Texas. It's going to be at the end of this month as you guys listen to this podcast, but in the future. The podcast bug is a 1974 custom Super Beetle with a recording studio built into the front of it to provide not only just head turns because of the car, right. but also the best mobile podcasting capture device and platform there is on planet Earth. I want all of you to go and check it out over at podcastbug.com. That's podcastbug.com. And to all of you that are listening now to get some idea of what is conjured inside of the podcast bug and the people that made it, hello, check it all out at podcastbug.com. Two guys talking Star Wars. All right, so Nick, I've just shown you the logo for the upcoming two guys talking Star Wars coming up. That I'll be recording with Colonel Chris DiGiuseppe, who is the chief of a local police department, and Crisis Negotiator Incarnate Pat Doring, and I are going to be reviewing the first four Star Wars films. And when I say first four Star Wars films, I'm of course referring to Rogue One, Star Wars, The Empire Strikes Back, and The Return of the Jedi.
2: So the first four in some sort of linear speaking...
0: We'll take a look at the first four films and then maybe we'll get to something else. We'll see what else happens. You can't talk Star
2: Wars (laughs) without talking about all of the Star Wars. You can't pick and choose, man.
0: Actually, I can. And so (laughs) what we're going to do is we're going to review those films. We're going to have all of them out for the entire audience before the newest Star Wars film comes out in December of this year. Yes. So it's going to be a ton of fun, a ton of work. But guys, it's going to be great content celebrating the official... 40th anniversary of that very first film. So touching and I've always wanted some really great signature content that is focusing on Star Wars and I'm telling you Nick we're going to get it. Look for more at twoguystalkingstarwars.com Alright enough of the housekeeping. It's time to get into the third episode review of Marvel's Inhumans on ABC and Hulu streaming. Let's get ready to divide and conquer.
3: Sponsored by Acoustica's Mixed Craft Recording Software, Blogger's Bug, and the St. Charles Office Center.
0: The front end ramp that matters. This front end of this episode was what I was looking for at any point in the previous episode, where it would lead us into something with some pace. Uh, The pace is what absolutely slayed the first and second episodes. If if you'll remember our reviews that we've shared with all of you as well, that's where it fell apart. This one started at exactly the pace that I wanted to see inside of a third episode.
2: Sadly, it kind of uh, does derail a little bit uh, as we move forward in the episode, but the beginning of this third episode definitely was more engaging for me than most of the first two.
0: I agree with that. An effective front jog between then and now. This happens, I think, two or three times during the episode, where we're jumping between what we have now, whether it's the king in his jailware, mm-hmm. or the prince and the not-yet-king, his brother, right. inside of a previous time up on the moon. And I thought it was all seamless. It was also wonderfully placed. I-, I think jumping between timelines... It didn't didn't throw me for a loop. I knew exactly when we were. It's also great to see at least the father, the parent again before right. he gets shattered right. into nothingness.
2: The I don't think we've ever really had any kind of problems when it deals with a flashback. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, I'm talking mostly about Agents of Shield. I mm-hmm. don't think we've ever really had a bad use of flash. We've talked about bad uses of flashback in other properties, but Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. hasn't done it, and so far in these three episodes, all flashbacks matter to the ongoing story and are handled very well.
0: And fit in like puzzle pieces, too. I think a lot of, I'm under the impression that with flashbacks, they can be, well, we've talked about this before, but Mm. uh, they can not only be really, really bad, but they can also be really, really poorly placed. Mm. And we didn't have that inside this. This, this episode actually conveys the, the front-end loading of what was back then to what is now really, really well. 1,400 people. That doesn't feel like too many people. I think if all of you were to stop for a moment, those of you that have been to a, let's say, a professional sports outing, like let's say a baseball game, if you took the large section of area that you're in, it's likely that you're looking at 1,400-ish seeds. So that's awesome. But now imagine that occupying this entire city on the moon. And suddenly that number becomes something completely different. Throw on top of that that you have a couple of at least two caste systems. At least that are inside of what's going on here. What I would also tell you is that I don't know where you, in fact, this might've been a better analogy. I don't know where you went to high school, Nick, but how big was your graduating class?
2: It wasn't 1,400 people.
0: Okay, mine was about 400, so not not small.
2: I I would even gather maybe, I think we probably had about 1,400 people total in the gymnasium for graduation.
0: Okay, so let's take Nick's entire gymnasium of people for graduation as the sample. Everybody there knows, at least for a moment, everybody, because they've been inside the genesis chamber where, or, one of those two things happens.
2: And we all live under the dome.
0: And then you get to pick whether you go off to the castle or to the, the mines! mines. And then you got to find your way. So 1,400 people isn't a lot. No, something else to remember, too. I gauge him at a probably, what, uh, 13, 14 age-ish?
2: Yeah, so there's probably a good at least 15 years, maybe even 20, uh, gap. So uh, with popu- depending on what their population control is, there may be another 100 people.
0: Yeah. I, I and mean, I think there would be a maybe. lot more. I think that the cold nights on the moon are much colder than... Any place else on but the I mean, if Earth. we were really
2: going to ex- if we were really going to examine this uh, a place that small, especially when we've talked at nauseum about how the the food supply and things are running low on the people that we already have, mm-hmm. I would think that there would have to be some sort of population control.
0: And see, that's where my mind goes in a series like this, where I would almost want to know more about that than the Ganja farm that's being invaded. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, again, I didn't bring that up to try and derail our conversation, but I did bring it up because I want you to understand what's going on here in regard to population. Population of what we're talking about in this hidden city on the moon. This is not an inordinate amount of people inside of a, you know, a country that are living on the moon. It is 1,400 people plus Let's just, for sake of argument, let's say another 400, so 1,800. 1,800 people on the moon. That's not a whole lot of people, dude. No. it's not a lot of people. A mention of Callisto Aerospace. Nick, are you familiar with Callisto Aerospace at all inside of Marvel lore? No. I'm not either, and so I'm going to be sure to put a link inside the show notes to if there's anything we can find on it. We're gonna link that inside the show notes, but they they did this very often inside of Terminator Saracana Chronicles. Nick and I were talking about that in the prelude, the the run up to this recording today. And I love it when they in they inject other things that can become future building blocks very much like this. Wow. They've done that several times inside of Agents of Shield, whether it be something real like aim. Right. And I I, I do love it when they do that because it becomes a building block that can then stretch into different properties. Mm. So Callisto Aerospace, I hope that's something that we can not only find that is inside of Marvel Comic Dome, but then also can be referred back to and be used as that bridge, either between agents, because I'm telling you, Callisto Aerospace, that sounds like an organization that would make its way inside of helping S.H.I.E.L.D. slash investigating blah for S.H.I.E.L.D. Possibly. Or it could be
2: nefarious.
0: True. True. And uh, and either way, uh, I would like to see that and I'd like to see that growth. Of the things I saw in this episode, Callisto Aerospace is something else I would have liked to have seen more push into rather than, I don't know, Gunja Farm. Where else can a queen from the moon fit in? (laughs) This is awesome. Let's shove her into I don't know, the beach. The beach with a bunch of other Looney Tunes dressed people. So we're basically gonna saying f-
2: that beach people are weird. <laughs> there,
0: there, there's a this is a wonderful interlude that they then sprinkle the wonderful little uh, fish out of water salt on just for a moment enough so that it it grabs that same flavor that um, Star Trek IV grabbed, and uh, it, it goes double
2: dumbass on you. Yeah,
0: it goes to the well and it grabs what it needs to and then it moves forward very quickly. And I really appreciate that. The faster that they scoot past or avoid wholeheartedly every single tick mark that they needed to pull off inside of Star Trek Four for it to work, yeah. I'm going to be very happy inside this series, I think. <laughs> Have they given up on the hooves entirely? If you go back and watch this episode, you're going to see some interestingly placed... Plants, and some interestingly placed jungle leaves, and some interestingly placed stone bricks, and some interestingly placed boulders.
2: <laughs> oh, really? I, see, I, for me, I just assumed he was wearing those boots again.
0: Oh, he's definitely wearing boots, and I mean, I'm not looking for. Hey, I sure hope they show the cloven hooves of of Gargamel no, during that
2: during that fight. Well, I mean, when you think of Gorgon, that's all he is. I mean, okay, yes, he is the leader of the royal. Right, and he's Guard. got the
0: military. Blah. Right. I get it. He's get the military it. general,
2: but he, his power, he's a Klingon with hooves. He only, that's the only thing he's got with the super the jump of stomping hooves. stomping power. Right. Yes. In his hooves,
0: and then his you know his twenty die fighting skill set is all there. I totally get it. <laughs> you and I are in the same boat. We're we're running the same channel there. I imagine everybody else is as well. And again, I'm not looking that they need to then quick whip pan down to his feet where you go where you actually see the hooves and you hear something go. Mm-hmm. I'm not looking for that every time it happens. I, I just it it, it might have been easier for them to just go, yo, man, you got to put some boots or something on. You're going to stick out like a sore thumb. And they whip out the, the de- one of the dead brother's boots that died in a terrible boating accident or something. <laughs> he puts on the boots. I don't know. Something. Well, no, remember I was, he, I he came to something. Earth.
2: He came to Earth with specially made boots that made him look like he was human. That was in the first two episodes. Okay. And then he took those boots off to take a dive, to go swimming didn't get his boots to look wet. for a trident. Dry... No, you don't want to get the boots wet. <laughs> That's Adelanian leather well, that that stuff once it gets wet oh you, you might as well just throw it away
0: brother from the cow dogs right
2: yes from the cow <laughs> from dogs the cow giant dogs. cow dogs
0: I, I didn't bother putting in a bullet point about that but i enjoyed that in particular at the end i hate laughing at when animals get hurt but dude the, the, the end of this episode I, I think we may even talk about it a little bit at the well end, yeah we'll get we'll get shit. there but yeah that was awesome <laughs> the grinding breaks of maximus and crystal let's see what happens and I was happy that the next time, this next time, that we see Maximus and Crystal inside of a room comparing what, with a tiny lilt of piano, could be supplanted inside of any modern-day soap opera. It didn't. It, it, it was able to elevate itself over that and not become that. And then with the coup d'etat of his king of nothing. Right. At the end. I, I I was absolutely okay with that this time. And I'm so happy that we didn't drift into that terrible soap opera that we had inside the first couple of episodes. Any time that you see Maximus and Crystal get anywhere in proximity of each other. Yeah, I, it it was Wolvesbane Bane inside of the first episode.
2: And I'm trying to decide whether or not it was because Crystal, the character, is just a poorly developed character or if that particular scene was just a poorly written scene. Because, like you said, in this episode, it worked better. Yeah. There was something about Crystal that wasn't as, oh my gosh,
0: I'm the teenage princess, (laughs) and uh, you can't do this. Uh, You're not not important enough to be doing this. I also think that it's Maximus where... the, the guy is clearly trying to paint Maximus as not the overbearing, I am, you shall listen to me because I'm better than you.
2: Right, right. He, right. He's
0: not painting that. And he's you and not I, the
2: uh, egomaniacal bad guy.
0: Right. You and I talked about that specifically inside of our first couple of episode reviews, and that it was a good thing, and mm-hmm. that they're trying to paint something different so that you almost want to side with him, and that you can jump on board inside of this conversation between the two of them. That's the same value that they tried painting in so many other areas inside of the first two episodes. So it absolutely pays off here. A nice team appeareth session. This was interesting. It was quick. What we're talking about here is the, quote, super bad team, where they all kind of bamf slash transport in. Uh, What's-her-face is waiting for them, and she greets them all, cloingly as we then move forward with the bad team versus good team stuff i thought that was fine
2: we get this we get this super team this super evil team i guess guess they're bad Mm -hmm. team well Mm -hmm. they're kind of bad guys i guess they're bad guys
0: we'll get to that
2: but one of them in particular evidently who is evidently the second most powerful weapon next to black bolt is introduced this character called mortis now I am going to hand my cell phone over or across the table to, to Mike and show him a picture of an X-Men character named Zorn. Here you go, take a look at this picture from X-Men Comics.
0: All right, so I'm looking at a picture. I'm going to describe it for everybody. So we're looking at a not specimen, which is what I was going to comment about him specifically, mm-hmm. who is Just wearing... Right, who is wearing kind of a black... I'll call it a jumpsuit with maybe a semi-leather vestish kind of thing. He's got a black leather X with a circle around it, uh, embroidered logo. He's got a kind of a, a Batman Begins belt on as we move up towards his face. You know what it looks like? It looks like if you progressed further along the bang-your-head metal health helmet and encapsulated the entire head. That's what it very much looks like. And then, of course, the eyes are lit with um, what would look like some sort of repulsory beams if they were given to the wrong attitude. Um, Some ungloved hands. Uh, What strikes me the most about this character, though, he's incredibly not imposing.
2: No. uh, uh, Physically,
0: like, you look at him and you go, look, it's not a superhero. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's what strikes me most about that photograph.
2: But, don't let him open up his metallic mask because bad things happen. There is a difference between the characters. My thing is is that the moment that I saw Mortis on the show, I'm like, they're trying to do Zorn. And then when I find out what Mortis's power is, he opens th- his face helmet thingy and energy just pours out of it, very similar to how Cyclops's optic beams work, except instead of concussion force, it's I'm going to blow you up and disintegrate you, yeah. lady. Yeah. Uh, I'm like, wow, this is almost the character of Zorn from the X Men comic books. Mm. Not exactly like, but very similar. All, all, right down to the whole man in the iron mask motif.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: It kind of took me out of the episode for a little while because. Interesting. Because I'm like, wow. They're blatantly just trying to, you know what? You can't have the X-Men, but, you know, we can create whatever we want and kind of make it look like an X-Men. Now, of course, we learn a little bit more about the character. The character does have personality through dialogue, and he's nothing like the Zorn character from the X-Men comics in personality, but the looks, it just, it, for me, and, of course, we'll we'll put a link to what Zorn looks like and what Mortis looks like in the show notes mm-hmm. for this episode. Mm-hmm. But I know some of my, I'm, I'm sure there's some of my X-Men comic book fandom geek following out there that uh, would agree with me, very similar to the character of Zorn.
0: Yeah, so make sure you go and check out the show notes for that. Again, that's over at agentsofshield.tv, where we'll, ha- we'll have links to all of it. Which way, Wang Wei makes another mistake?
2: He doesn't make mistakes, Mike. I, he
0: doesn't make mistakes, Except, again, in this one, he also makes a mistake. He's
2: always making mistakes, And
0: I I realize that this is the only way that they have to try and paint a character arc for this character. I I just have to tell you, though, that uh, I just wanted to make sure you all knew that uh, episode three, table of two, episode three, table of two. got to get going here. Yeah. And... I realize it's not even been an entire episode. I guess, what, a whole day-ish, whatever. It's got to be a couple of days, probably.
2: By now, I would say it's probably about 48 hours. Okay. Maybe.
0: It's time to grab the stick and pull it up on what's supposed to be the strategic brainiac of our entire episode, episodic series here. Right. And I don't see it happening soon. He's now not only disavowed his family because he's ashamed... He's taken up with the Ganja family. What?
2: Uh, yeah. I I I have no words.
0: I, I don't either. And I, I want to also impress upon people that I don't know anything about this character except what I what you and I've talked about mm-hmm. and what I've read about very briefly inside of Marvel Comics Dome online. This ain't it. No. And not at I, all. I, I, again, I totally get that it's 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 the it's the platform to let this character reach and not know everything. I get it, guys. I get it, but we've got to get into the storytelling and we're not getting there yet. Going against the grain in prison. I would like to stand up and thank all of the writers and the creative staff for skewing completely outside of what is the regular prison genre demographic happenings inside of this entire series so far. What is completely missing except for that uh, very short feigned, oh, I'm going to have you in my cell later moment. That was there, sure. Right. But nothing else pans out to be colloquial anything, prison, anything. Inside of this, with maybe the exception of the the, the crooked, twisted prison screws, i.e. the people that are in the administration. Yeah. But that they don't make all the prisoners ready to have sex with the newest people that come in that they allow there to be some breathing going on here inside of the the, the inmate populace, that was a fresh breath, man. Mm. I did not think they were gonna go there. I thought for sure we were gonna have either some disintegration, or there's a wall that gets in the way, and so some people are really, really hurt and not disintegrated, or something where somebody's gotta make him go at least mm, again, right. or have him cough, or. Like he's not looking and he gets a, a boot to the gut or Something. Something where he's now going to cause a mass disintegration of people that were just around watching the fight. And we didn't get that. We didn't get that. We didn't get the uh, intimidation factor when he comes into the what's his uh, Hawaiian buddy's cell and he doesn't get any time for sexual favors Honolulu style biatch. We don't get any of that. Uh, I love that there's a reason... That they bothered to call that dude inside the prison mm. at the beginning of the episode? Right. Where this all launched from? I love that. And I do want to see that more inside of a lot of things that involve the prison epic. We must now have sodomy inside of this episode.
2: Well, I, I think if the uh, the character, uh, the the doctor, the guy who runs Callisto Aerospace, I his name escapes me.
0: We'll call him Dr. Cal.
2: Do, 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 Dr. Dude... I think had we not had that phone call at the beginning of this episode, and had uh, Samo and Joe—that uh, I don't know what his Hawaiian buddy, is. Sure. Hawaii, Hawaiian mm-hmm. buddy Samo and mm-hmm. Joe—had he not also so, been so. an inhuman, I think the the entire prison section would have been completely different. As in, it would have been exactly what you would expect, yeah, as uh, for a prison scene yeah. or a collection of prison scenes, yeah. But because Doctor Dude needs. Mysterious inmate, and knows that Samoan Joe is also an inhuman. Well, you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours, and everything will work out. So, uh, again, it was a it was a breath of fresh air that we didn't have to endure uh, HBO's Oz mm-hmm. level mm-hmm. of <laughs> yeah
0: <laughs> onslaught, prison onslaught. I'm going to, to make you
2: that. scream like a pig, Black Bolt, yeah. and. Uh,
0: yeah. We're all going to die. I'm so glad we didn't have that. The other thing that I'm glad we missed out on, although it would have been very interesting, is if there is that prison scene, there is intimidation factor, and you pick out the bully, the guy that's riding him hard, and he literally just goes... And and he the guy just disappears into ribbons of nothing. Yeah. And then he just starts walking away, and everybody stands there in awe. I would have been just fine with that, too. Because one of the things that we have to remember here is that we... In this case, live in a world where people know that there are superpowered beings. Mm-hmm. These prisoners have to know it. There has to be someone else in the prison that's also superpowered. And whether they've chosen to exhibit their powers or they they just don't, or they don't know how to control them, so they don't exhibit them or whatever. That they're there. And it would be great that that maybe that's the reason he doesn't speak. And somebody somebody MacGyvers that out somehow. Mm. Quickly. I, and I don't know how that would happen, but that's the other way I would have liked to have seen it gone.
2: Well, I think the reason why he doesn't speak is because he knows what will happen. He's trained his his entire adult life to be silent so that slip-ups can't happen. Now, of course, we had to have that particular slip-up in Episode 2 to get him arrested and on media attention so that our other characters could track him down. Mm-hmm. I get that. Black Bolt is not a murderer. Right. Black Bolt would do do nothing to harm another living person unless, of course, he had to protect himself or his family. The more interesting question, and this popped in my head as you were talking, the more interesting thing is that knowing that he is a powered individual, why is he in a regular prison? Not to mention the fact, why is Samoa Joe with Mr. Melty Hands. You know, he's got the power of Melty Hands. Why is he in a regular prison? This is a world where the Avengers exist. This is a world where there was an alien invasion, a super smart computer robot destroyed an entire country. A a giant rage monster can level a city if he so chooses. Why are we putting superpowered people in regular prisons?
0: Yeah, the only, uh, on the on the Hawaiian buddy front, I think it's because he has not disclosed his powers. That or mm. they're using him to warm up their coffee
2: <laughs> because
0: that's some slow ass powers, dude. Seriously, tell me about you know, they want it. want him in a fight. Because, yeah. Because hey, uh, can you hurry <laughs> up there, buddy? We got to get the hell out of here. Yo, man, I'm going as fast as I can. Making a path girl sure is chipper. (laughs) Whenever we have a super team that is introduced and you get to the bad half, it's always some sort of badass attitude stuff. But I will tell you, Green Thumb or whatever her name is going to be. I
2: think her name was actually Flora. Flora, you're right. It was Flora. Which is like so on the nose. (laughs) So let me say, let's see. They call you Wheels, you're Cyclops.
0: (laughs) I'll be I'll be tri pin sticker guy. Awesome. Yeah. She sure was chipper for being one of the one of the evil horde. And I, I know what it is. It's because we we've become so conditioned to take on the brotherhood people that are dressed in dark darkly clothes and all have red. They as have an a emphasis. mission though. The brotherhood
2: has a mission though. The brotherhood has the mission of humans keep us down, so we're going to knock them out. These inhumans are following the orders of their intern king, so they're not necessarily bad. Now, I guess Mortis or Mortem or Mr. Iron Mask guy, he's probably bad. He, he just screams evil. Now, it'll be interesting if we find out, you know, a few episodes down the road, he's actually a sweet little teddy bear of a guy. But there, there's my prediction yeah. there. But I think most of these characters that are, are coming to Earth. To help round up the royal family aren't necessarily good or bad. They're just following. Well, sadly, they're following orders. Yeah. And Flora, what? Flora has never been to Earth, so she's amazed at all of the vegetation. Right. Not a lot of vegetation up there on the moon.
0: Right. No, I, I get it. The, the, the whole thing, though, is that I, uh, she strikes me as someone that I'd go. You know, I was wondering if you wouldn't mind going out with me so we can work on my chia pet. And that was
2: really creepy like that. Yeah, I thought you. that like was that. extremely.
0: <laughs> creepy. <laughs> All right. So anyway, I, I incredibly chipper didn't fit into what was being introduced here no. as the going to clear clock house. We're going to take down Gorgon. Man. Man. We're taking down Gorgon. Uh, yeah. Finding a borrowed piece of normalcy. This was excellent because giving Medusa the opportunity to not be in the purple clad, silver chained, where the hell is my hair stage, Mm. to de-evolve into something that's not that into something else was really, really good. All you have to do is just make sure you can jump through the, look, it's exactly my size and fit, and I know where everything is inside this house problem. As soon as you get by that, it all becomes just fine.
2: (sighs) Yeah, I guess, but this also coming from somebody just a a little while earlier was looking into an ATM going, I am Medusa, queen of Adelaide, give me money.
0: Please?
2: Please. (laughs) Uh, So you know what Mm. money is. Mm -hmm. You know that Earth people need money to to, to get things. She was also smart enough to walk, not not in, in the the residential areas or the slums she walked into the the high-priced yeah. gated communities the,
0: uh, the the district attorney that happens to be out to get some milk right and right just happens and, to and, not be there
2: and slipped in through the gate <laughs> when somebody was leaving
0: right right so ah. any uh, anyway uh, th- that scene was nice i liked seeing that she was able to go and glide in and and pluck the piece of normalcy that was made available Medusa becomes Lady J from the G.I. Joe series. So she puts on that jacket. She's got the red hair. Boom. Here we go.
2: <laughs>
0: and I love that. Mostly because I'm an absolute Lady J devotee. My daughter Jade is named after. That's one of her nicknames, including a bunch of others as a 14-year-old. But the 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 just is that it was fun to watch that and I could go, look, it's Lady J from what should be a good G.I. Joe film.
2: Those exist.
0: No, not not yet.
2: They don't. Well, well, let's get on that.
0: Get on, Lady the GI Joe. No, no, no.
2: Yes, let's get on making a good GI Joe movie. Not get on, Lady J. Uh,
0: They'll eventually do it. I imagine people have to die and or give up the rights to what they own. Apparently, they write in English slash American script print on the moon too. So she gets there and just as everything is able to be written and scribed on and blah, and awesome.
2: Maybe they have uh, translators in there? I don't know.
0: It, it's where we're not <laughs> supposed to think this hard, and I get it, so spare me your hate mail. I just hate it when... No,
2: we are supposed to think this hard. This is, this is science fiction fantasy. Yes, there is the, the, the disbelief pill that you are supposed to take, but when they glide over the simple stuff, I mean, come on. so so are we saying that the royal family knows how to read English? What, what would have happened if they hadn't gone to Honolulu? What would what would have happened if they would have gone to a foreign country?
0: Yeah, like Dubai. Yeah. let's go to dubai.
2: or or France. Can they read French? What if they I went to Mexico? I, I what if they can they read can I, they read Spanish? The
0: only thing I can think is like it's a piece of the translator. I don't know. And see this is where we start digging and we gotta stop digging. Because I know if we start digging on that, all I'm gonna do is grab that shovel yeah. and I'm gonna pick. I'm gonna I'm gonna go pick up the right. pickaxe and I'm gonna grab the knee pads and we're gonna be here for hours.
2: We'll just write it off Ch-chink. as we write it Ch-chink. off as the chink.
0: That front end of Allentown by Billy Joel, that's what this show will turn into instantly.
2: you you talk it into the fact that the royal family knows how to read multiple earth languages there you go bye bye
0: from zero to a hundred and back again the power of suggesting you kill somebody the story that follows has had the characters and places names changed to protect the innocent if I found you inside the vestibule outside where the studio is here And then I wrapped you around a pole. And then I told you, we're going to kill you. Hold on. My friends and I will be right back. And then we walk in and start unpacking a death kit. What are we doing here?
2: Well, I don't think that analogy really works because the the studio isn't growing ganja. You know. Well, this is possible. I haven't been to the roof.
0: You haven't looked under the table recently. apparently.
2: These must be, uh, there's three of them two dudes and a girl. Mm-hmm. So these must be the most level-headed pot pot smuggling grower b- baddies in all of Honolulu. From the 3 episodes of Inhumans, there's one thing I have learned. The people who live <laughs> and live on or have always lived on any of the the Hawaiian Islands are super chill. Dude's on the beach. Let me save your life, hoof dude. Oh well, we'll help you fight your war. Their prison. Oh, don't worry. Let's play some chess. There'll be no butt raping today. And now here. Oh, you've wandered into our our illegal uh, drug den and grow house. We're gonna we're gonna we're, we are gonna tie you up. But there's a big debate on whether or not yeah, we should kill I'm sure you.
0: sure we're going to kill you. Uh, i tell you if what, this was we'll, Columbia, we're dead. Go, he yeah. would have been shot we're, on site. We're going to go step outside where you can clearly hear us yeah, because we're gonna you're vote. not human. Uh, uh, I'm going to get past this, and I know that I'm completely leveled against it because it's talking about growing drug farm awesome, let's join. Uh. And I'm not, I'm not up for that either. But... That whole zero to hundred, back to zero thing bothers me on yes. stuff like
2: this. Pacing.
0: Be- because you cannot just... You can't do it. Nick, I'm so glad you came to podcast. Would you mind holding your jugular out? I'd like to slit it with this knife real quick. Oh, sure. Oh, just kidding. You can stay. <laughs> Missing out on the touch equals communication boat. Inside the prison scene, there was a moment where Black Bolt reaches out and touches the chest of Hawaiian Buddy Dude. Mm-hmm. Melty Hands, Coffee Pot, Warmer Guy. Super Coffee Pot, Warmer Guy.
2: Super Hot Hands, Samoan Joe.
0: <laughs> Hot Hands, Samoan Joe. Double H-S-J. Awesome. Okay, anyway, Double H-S-J and Black Bolt are inside the cell. And Black Bolt reaches out to touch his chest and it... This is the piece of what I was talking about with the cops and anybody else that might meet somebody that is not speaking. Mm-hmm. There, is, there is a look, I'm not speaking speak, that everybody speaks and that we did. we haven't seen any of that except for this one moment from Black Bolt mm-hmm. is alien to me. Okay, so let me get this straight. You walk up to me, another jo- shine, shining sample of Nick walks, walks up to me, walks up to me, oh, hello, hi, how are you? He doesn't say anything, and he just nods to me nobly because Nick is incredibly noble in his Goonies shirt. Yes, that's right. All right, so he nods to me, and I go, oh, hey, it's great to meet you. And you still don't say anything, but you acknowledge and you can see that I'm speaking something. And I would go, oh, well, uh, uh, my name is Mike. What's yours? And, of course, because you want to foster along the conversation, you want to make sure that people don't know that you're able to speak, but that you clearly are understanding them. What is Nick going to do?
2: I'm going to touch my throat and then do a no sign, letting people know. There's something wrong here. I can't I can't do what you want me to do.
0: Sure, that or what you're going to do is you're going to reach for the nearest piece of paper and a pen, which they might not have in prison. Okay, fine. Okay, I get dude, it. Yeah. But we're not in prison, Nick, because you're here being noble in your Goonie shirt. Well, if we okay. were
2: here if the, if we were here right now, I just text you.
0: Deal. Okay. <laughs> we don't have imagine you don't have a cell phone. So, again, go basic. Okay, so no, no cell phone, then I grab. Or even better yet, you got a cell phone. You're going to go, you're going to give me the just a minute. You're going to give me the just a minute sign. And then you're going to grab your cell phone out and you're going to go. And you're going to show me your cell phone, right? Right. Because you're trying to foster the communication even though you can't speak. And I don't know that you can't speak, right? Hmm. What uh, we've just displayed there over an incredibly long and fortunate sample of time <laughs> is what has been missing from this whole thing. Inside this inside this entire show so far, no one at any time has said the words, can you hear me? Do you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? No, Nobody has said anything like that. And that's alien to me yeah. because that's not what would happen. If somebody either wasn't paying attention to you or not responding to commands, then one of the options you would have is, is this person deaf? And then you would try to get on that chain and try and figure it out. So if someone was in front of you and you thought they were deaf and they weren't understanding you at all, what would you do? You'd probably grab your cell phone and type some of that shit in and go, hey man, can you hear me? Are you deaf? And hold it up. Or maybe even better yet, you would just point at your ears and go, huh? Do the point at your ear and go, huh? Mm-hmm. And somebody would either nod their head or shake their head. But that that base basal communication that I'm talking about is what's completely missing. Mm. From everybody inside of this. And what this point and why I got on it was, do you remember in the previous episodes where whatever Black Bolt is thinking, he walks over to a dude and touches somebody. And now that person understands what he's thinking. And then there's just a slight bit of exposition and we move forward. That's what's missing. That's what's missing in particular with him and HHSJ. And it would be so simple. Right.
2: Well, I think, but uh, all the other times it was with a family man, a family member, a member of the royal family. So I kind of think there is a shorthand where it comes to all of those people because they've all grown up together.
0: I'll buy that. I'll buy that. But I, I mean, that's we, the that's we, the only we,
2: logical explanation. We will also I see that
0: right. With. But the sample is if if I'm thinking, man, I can't wait for this podcast to be done because I need me some ding dongs from the corner joint down the road here. <laughs> okay. Well, if I want to tell you that, and I, my options are. I don't get to tell you anything because I will instantly destroy you if I speak to you. Or, I write it down on a piece of paper and now you know exactly what I want. Or, I touch your hand and you know everything I've just thought. Which one are you going to pick?
2: Well, the, the, the last one seems to be the most efficient one, but there's some like voodoo powers there, man.
0: <laughs> I get it. And maybe, was that not a power then? I mean, am I just no, imagining that? No, I don't, think, I don't okay. think it is. Oh, you don't? I don't think it's an ability. Well, that's we need to have them rewrite this then. Uh, writers, would you mind go back and rewriting all three episodes of this? Because that's not going to work. The fight. The power of Mortis and the forsaking of hooves. All right. So I'm just going to shut up and take the boot pill. Cool? That'll <laughs> yeah. get us off take to Take the boot pill. I'll take the boot pill. Boot pill taken. Ooh. Ah, it's good and tasty and makes so much sense tastes
2: like leather.
0: All right, so now let's talk about the power of Mortis. Wow. Not the power I would like to be in front of. No, to be no. sure, because you just cleared a giant path. Boy, that would have been a great idea. Why didn't he just clear a path? He could have cleared a path to Honolulu. He could have went and had a a couple of slurpees and stuff and came back and then had the fight.
2: That's not uh, very conspicuous, Mike. right?
0: Anyway, so he, he Plucks his face screen off, (laughs) whatever, and turns on the on button? I mean, I I don't get it.
2: I don't think it's an on button. I think it's he lifts. The the power is there. That's what that, that mask is holding in. Okay. And when you lift up the mask, the power just pours out. Okay.
0: All right. So anyway, that... Is his power. And that that sucks. He can
2: never kiss anybody ever again. Right. Or
0: eat. And now you understand why he's so pissed off. You know, a lot of times people have wondered that about, you know, people that have really bad, bad cred inside of the comic book world. Uh Look at what they got to deal with, dude. Look at this guy. Imagine the psychological trauma of never being able to kiss another significant other ever.
2: Never being able to scratch your nose because it doesn't exist.
0: Or brush your teeth. I'll bet his teeth are foobar, dude. He's probably got really bad breath too because of it. There's no breath. See, it's a giant I don't know how psychological how uh, how spiral. How does he breathe? Uh, I, I, if he does breathe, it's got bad breath, so it doesn't matter. Right, so anyway, there, there's a there's a spiral there. It's a it's a continuing spiral from Mortis, and that he's been able to keep such a level head that's so jovial. That's pretty spectacular to me. Well, well gallows humor and all. Black Bolt looks intimidating. Until he doesn't. This is something I actually meant to talk about inside the first couple of episodes, is that during the entire first two episodes, there is one incredibly intimidating character inside the whole series, and it is Black Bolt. Mm. He, Without question, in every single episode, he is the one that has that forward-leaning, furrowed brow that is plowing through whatever is in front of him on camera and off. No, mm. No doubt about it. Right. Until he's not, and he's in prison with people that are three times the size of him. And I love that. I love that aspect of being able to take a character that is a fish out of water and without having to say, they're not your goddamn fish someplace throughout the entire thing to try and immerse ourselves into fish out of Waterville. You're able to get the point across that he is a fish out of water, and he is not all that intimidating to these people that are three times the size of him. Even HHSJ is is larger than Black Bolt by at least twice. Mm-hmm. He's a big dude. I, I, I love that. I, I love that they're able to showcase this this hidden power inside of this comparatively tiny individual. Inside of this, when in the previous two episodes he was the monolith. That's right. that storytelling. Right. Without having to tell any story or have the character speak at all, and I love that. Well, it
2: also works in the same way as uh, people who spend most of their life training in different disciplines. You don't have to... If you say Iron Fist, I'm going to vault I'm not not saying Iron Fist. I'm saying disciplines, whether it be Kung Fu, Karate, fucking yoga, (laughs) whatever you want to do. If you know how to handle yourself... You don't have to walk around being imposing,
0: right? Because you know the
2: path. You know, you know that if something does happen, you can handle it, right? And I believe that's also how Black Bolt is. He's dealing with this to where, if something happens, yeah, he can go, and everything's going to be fine for him. <laughs> sure, everybody in front of him is going to be liquid jelly, and there's probably going to be a couple of walls that come down, but he's going to be just fine. Mm-hmm. In 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 a sense, it, he really doesn't have to be intimidating in this jail full of intimidating people because he could take care of himself no matter what. Yeah. But of course, now it makes him look very peculiar. Why isn't this guy scared? Why why isn't this guy puffing up his chest and trying to look intimidating? So now it's and that's that's why we had that great scene where. It flipped. This the script was flipped. Hey, you're the guys that uh, that ended up beating up those cops on the news. Fist bump me, man. Yeah, all right. You're all right. What? Oh wow. Okay. That's that's new. Usually, if there's thank like, you. Yeah,
0: yeah, exactly.
2: Usually, when there's <laughs> when there's fresh fish in the uh, in, in the prison, <laughs> in the yard, it, right. it uh, doesn't go like that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, again, another great piece of character detail. Painting a picture of a character while the character says nothing. And you and I have talked about enough movies and television that you know I love that stuff. Right. Oh, yeah. I love it when they're able to milk that and they're absolutely milking it wonderfully inside this series so far. More lore powers, jailbreak, and who paid the cabbie? So we get more lore from the flashbacks that we see towards the end of the episode. Mm-hmm. We learn more of the powers from inside of the fight of the baddies that came down from the moon. We learn more of them.
2: Yeah, I get, uh, we got like, what, what What was he, spitting, spitting spittin goo?
0: Snake, S- snake, snake venom, snake snake venom, spitty guy? Snake spit. We'll come, there we spitty.
2: go. Spitty. Spitty? Ah,
0: spitty. Spitty. I get spitty. Right. And then uh, and we got Flora. And then we got Super Ass Kicker, who goes and helps to kick ass against Hoofman and uh, Mortis. Uh huh. And Not So Lucky. We got Not So Lucky that falls out of tree. True, true. Falls out of tree and gets picked up and back broken by Hoof Guy, probably.
2: Yeah, he doesn't know not, how to do the not, fireman carry. Yeah,
0: yeah, not so, not so caring. Well, they don't have firemen on, on the moon. Can't have fires on the moon, can you?
2: No, they don't have firemen. They have fire in humans.
0: Oh. They have fire in the moon?
2: You can have fire in the moon. They got air. Hmm. Under the dome, man.
0: Hmm. Anyway, where I was going last is, who paid the cabbie? Because I guess she found the Skrilla that was well, inside yeah. of the jewelry box?
2: Yeah, that's exactly it. She took it. She took that money. She used that money to pay the cabbie. Okay. It's that simple. You right. skipped over jailbreak, though. Oh, talked about top no, and then the jailbreak. Yeah, you had a... Sorry, the
0: jailbreak. The, uh, the the jailbreak was singularly impressive because, of course, you have another helicopter that comes down completely unmolested. It's
2: a black helicopter. Yeah. It's a stealth, one of those nice little stealth numbers from With Dr. Dude. S-
0: some Dr. Dude who's got long hair, he must obviously be from Seattle. And this comes down, and they both jump in, and away we go. Awesome.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, this is how we we end episode three with.
0: Hey, if Black Bolt's at like fifteen thousand feet and screams outside the outside the helicopter, what happens?
2: I don't know. Depends on what he's facing.
0: East? I don't know.
2: Well, there's nothing there but air. I wouldn't want to be east. We don't know how far his his voice carries. Mm. Mm. Here's the thing: this wrap up, (laughs) it was way too. Convenient.
0: Lots of bows here. Yeah, lots this, of bows. This,
2: uh, well, I mean, this is probably the most lackluster prison ride I've ever seen.
0: I was going to, but you comment, know, they are Hawaiian. Yeah. They
2: are Hawaiian, so you I, know, maybe they a little bit more chill.
0: I was going to comment on how, uh, appears to me, every single prison guard is an asshole, crooked, bent, getting money uh, screw. I didn't care for that, just mostly because no, of my lean towards law enforcement, but.
2: I get that there's bad there's bad people yes. everywhere. There's bad cops. There's yeah. bad uh, uh, security guards. There's bad everybody. Right. But I don't believe that everybody in one particular place is all bad. Right. So, but but evidently in Hawaii, because everybody else is so chill, all of your prison guards are are dicks.
0: Yeah. I I I I, I don't know.
2: If you're a prison guard who works in the Honolulu area and you listen to our podcast, please let us know if you're a dick or not. <laughs> We have totally glossed over these three episodes about the blonde chick who worked for Callisto Aerospace, who was piloting the little uh, rover you mean the that character that they, guy
0: yeah, you mean the character that they ripped out of the original Transformers film, that one except that they've removed her her Australian accent that one
2: well you you know more about the Transformer movies than I do. I don't remember anybody okay, from being what, from australia
0: my, 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 my point.
2: There is no point. Exactly. This, <laughs> the ending of this episode is so haphazard that so many things happen, yet you're you're wondering, well, wow, that was convenient that all of this could happen all at once. Because the blonde chick technically does or used to work for Dr. Dude, even though Dr. Dude doesn't even know about it. But now her and Medusa are together. Dr. Dude's got and Joe firehands and Black Bolt. So... Ooh, mysterious black helicopter. We got that to look forward to. Gorgon's on the run. Don't, don't you mean gallop? He yes, he's galloping away. Carnac's mm-hmm. just gonna chill with the with the ganja people. <laughs> gonna sit back and get high and make make Mad Skrilla uh, the
0: on only, the drug den.
2: The only good thing about the ending of of this particular episode is Crystal's minute forty three. Crystal's defiance to Maximus. Her escape yeah. with Lockjaw, yeah. and her coming to Earth, but then they totally ruin it.
0: And a damn four wheeler <laughs> runs, runs lockjaw. over Lockjaw. It, is, it just runs into him. And I think that's going to be. The, but it's still a flippy do over the yeah, poor puppy. Yeah. Poor puppy, whatever. The thing weighs like what Dude. seven, eight Cow thousand dog. pounds. It's a giant. So dog, what? It man. was. It was in pain. It, it's not a dog by the way it's a human. Or rather it's an inhuman. It's an inhuman that's been turned into a giant dog. it so knows nothing
2: but dog things. You don't know that.
0: You don't know that. Don't, don't, you don't know don't, that, don't, that that don't take you don't know that that, that inhuman was not going to write a book before he suddenly had paws and a crotch to lick.
2: Yes, well but now now he's all worried about the fact that he's in pain. He's it's whining true. in pain
0: It's in true. the dark. And, yes. In the dark with no hope. No ability to transport Yeah, how are they going to transport him? They're not going to. Huh? They're not going to. He's busy whining and, uh, you know, holding his little dog-based spleen that got crushed by I the I am more
2: interested in coming back for episode four to find out if Lockjaw is okay.
0: To find out if Lockjaw's got Lockjaw. <laughs> oh, man, that's awesome. We're going to take a break here during the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast, focusing on the third episode review of Marvel's Inhumans on ABC and Hulu Streaming. We will be right back.
3: Wouldn't it be cool if your advertising could last forever? It can, with perpetual advertising. Here's how it works. Magazine, radio, and television ads are efforts that people might see or hear once, and then they're lost forever. Perpetual advertising provides you with the chance for repeat exposure and replayability weeks, months, even years after it's originally inserted inside a podcast. So even after your advertising is included in a podcast years ago, those efforts are still impactful, providing you with true return on investment, real impact, thanks to perpetual advertising. Are you ready to change the way you and your company or organization advertises? Find out more and launch a unique perpetual advertising effort right now by visiting twoguystalking.com forward slash sponsors.
0: Mustangs, Camaros, F-150s, Silverados, and Batmobiles. Oh my. Cars aren't just for transportation. They transport us like time machines to times in our lives and to the jobs games and places that we all call life. Check out two twoguystalkingcars.com and experience the stories and details about the cars, trucks and vehicles inside television and feature films. Get your motor running with two twoguystalkingcars.com. That's two twoguystalkingcars.com.
2: Mom and Dad always said, never talk to strangers. But stranger danger never applied to new podcasts. What better way to figure out whether you want to stick with your new podcasting relationship than to get inside the minds of the hosts? Take a deeper look on what makes these horror hosts tick at TwoGuysTalkingHorror.com. That's
0: TwoGuysTalkingHorror.com. There's a new president in town. While we don't have any presidential bio history on this one, there's all kinds of education, information, and detail available about every president over at presidentialbio.com with host Bill Tracy. Presidentialbio.com. That's presidentialbio.com. The Presidential Bio. Thought about a career in voiceover? everyone welcome back to the agents of shield podcast a complete detailed and always educational review of each and every episode of marvel's agents of shield and marvel's Inhumans on abc and hulu streaming this time the third episode of eight divide and conquer every time we come back from break during the agents of shield podcast it's time to open up our shield dossiers The S.H.I.E.L.D. dossier is where Nick and I recognize a great character portrayal, an excellent piece of storytelling, or something else inside of this particular episode, episode three, that tripped our collective review night, fantastic or not. Nick, what's inside your dossier for this episode?
2: Very similar to the first two episodes. It seems that the writing team, uh, Team Zzzz.
0: Yes, No way this was one team.
2: Whatever team is responsible for taking care of plot points for Black Bolt and Maximus, keep on doing what you're doing. My Shield dossier is filled with the flashbacks Mm. that build up more character to the two most interesting characters in this show so far. Mm -hmm. And we're three episodes in out of eight. So all the other characters got a lot of catching up to do, but I'm I'm really starting to get a well-rounded feel for both Black Bolt and Maximus. I get the isolation that Black Bolt feels after Genesis. He was somebody we find out in this episode. He was somebody who didn't even really want to be king. Mm-hmm. He wanted to just be normal and have a life, and didn't want to have anything to do with royalty and responsibility. Whereas Maximus was all for being in charge, wanting to take on the crown. And then we get more into the Terrigenesis. Black Bolt can no longer speak, and if he does, he could destroy you, me, the entire city, all of our civilization. That's a lot to put on a kid.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And then Maximus, oh, well, so you don't have any powers. But th- what's worse, we t- the, the Terrigenesis took away... All of your specialness, and connection to the Cree, our Cree home people, and you're just a regular old human now. You're nobody. Right. You're you're less than nobody. You don't even belong here. So now, moving forward, seeing these characters as adults, I sympathize with them both. Mm-hmm. I realize that Maximus is our bad guy, and he is trying to he's he is organizing a a revolution but i feel for the guy i i kind of don't feel bad about what he's doing on the other hand i look at black bolt as somebody who he's a wait-and-see leader that's that's what he is Mm -hmm. it is the struggle of i don't want this responsibility it's been thrust upon me so i'm going to do it and it and it's now bit him in the ass that he hasn't been a little bit more proactive, at least from the three episodes we've seen. So again, very, very interested to see where these two characters go by the time we get to episode eight.
0: I think that's well said, and you I can't possibly tell you you're wrong on that. Those are the two most developed characters so far. Uh, they're, they're the front they're the front end of the blade that's inside of this for right. sure. I think that my dossier is going to focus on. Flipping the prison script. This is something you will probably never see in your lifetime again.
2: Yeah, right, right.
0: And I have to congratulate the writing and creative staff that they would bother to do this. It would have been so easy to have the bully scene where the bully gets absolutely owned either either by HHSJ or by Black Bolt, one of the two. And we didn't see that. No, we, no. Not only were we not given that, the whole ass rapage the whole i'm going to make you want some of mine the uh, the the whole posturing thing join the aryan nation yeah the 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 gangness yeah, none of that yeah. none of that was there what was there however was the hatred of the bent cops that that work inside the prison crooked screws that i didn't care for but again flipping the prison script giving us something that we don't traditionally see absolute kudos inside this episode of marvels and humans Nick and I have talked about our S.H.I.E.L.D. dossiers, and if what's inside your S.H.I.E.L.D. dossier, let us know by going over to our website, that's agentsofshield.tv. Over on the right-hand side, you can contact us, fill out the quick web form, or drop us a quick voicemail by clicking on the green tab there, and let us know what you think. After we close our S.H.I.E.L.D. dossiers down, it's time to rate this episode of Marvel's Inhumans on ABC and Hulu Streaming. The scale works thusly. Ten is a perfect awesome pirouette off the chest of Lockjaw on a four-wheeler. A one is a flippity do over the handlebars crash, leaving Lockjaw whining moment. Everything starts at a seven as an average. The numbers go up with positives. The numbers go down with negatives. And Nick, there are no whining habsies. Nick, what do you got?
2: I know we started this episode talking about how important the pacing for any show is pivotal mm-hmm. and how this episode started off very strong. Mm-hmm. The, the first scenes, boom, we're, we're, this is, this is paced. Well, all right, I'm, I'm going to enjoy. And then I don't know what happened, man.
0: Lunchtime <laughs> writing, writing, writing team number th- seven stopped in and not sure what the hell happened.
2: That's a, that But therein lies the problem and we've, we've, been reviewing a show about a team of people you and I you've been doing it all four seasons you and I have been together since what season three midway through season two Mm -hmm. we did agent Carter season two together we've been around we we know what writers can do where a team is concerned Mm -hmm. we've seen it done we've seen it done bad and we've seen it done great Mm -hmm. week to week Mm -hmm. And I don't understand why they're having such a hard time juggling these characters in this show, especially when they've essentially neutered almost all of them. Mm -hmm. You know, everybody gets to—all the bad guys get to use their powers. It's the good guys that are kind of left with, uh, you know, their hands tied behind their backs, so to speak. So I don't know what's going on here, but this is my personal cry out to the folks over at ABC— Guys, come on. You have done better in the past. I'm expecting better for you in the future. I don't know why you're fumbling the ball here with the Inhumans. There's nothing wrong with the Inhumans. I get that you're trying to do the fish-out-of-water story, but you can't do the fish-out-of-water story for five characters all experiencing the same thing. Mm-hmm. It ha- There has to be a little bit of variety where the storytelling is concerned. And the variety is lackluster. I mean, I don't even know what is going on with Karnak. I get neuter him because he's got the best tactical power to deal with a coup, but now you've got him hanging out with some laid back ish drug growers. I mean, the, they're the nicest drug people I've ever met.
0: Maybe he's going to go the medical marijuana route to who, heal who himself. Who knows?
2: I don't who know. Who knows? I I don't know. I, I, I don't know. Uh, this r- after after the the build up yet no big fanfare for the first two episodes. I was really hoping that episode three was going to be the ass kicker. The thing that did uh, yeah, the yeah. on-ramp, the knock you into overdrive, get mm-hmm. you get you ramped up for it. This is not that. And this this might actually be a first for me, but my rating for episode three of the Inhumans this is a six. This is below average. Uh, it would have been even worse, but I did realize talking with you today during this podcast that there were there were some memorable moments in this episode. So mm-hmm. so the power of podcasting has risen my risen my rating by one, but still, this still is a below average episode.
0: Yeah, the chemistry set of podcasting has always been a a wonderful cauldron or forge for me especially when it comes to Entertainment Circle I just have to tell you that when we start talking about chemistry set it's clear to me that the creative staff inside of this show has clearly done too much LDS <laughs> and I I don't know how to get them on the right track no. except to say we're going to have to endure what you've done for the next five episodes and I'm hoping that th- we're going to be able to pull up on the stick yeah uh, it's also clear to me why this was not a series and or a major feature film, because if this is what you went into a room and said, this is kind of the direction we want to take. I, I know why you were not given an entire season with which to work, because this is not working. What they're doing with Karnak, I do not understand the length and veracity of neutering him. Yeah. It, it's not helping anything. Uh, towards the end of this episode maybe if he were to come to his senses and then help out on a portion of the fight maybe Mm. something would have been nice There, there, there needed to be something that elevates him out of the i'm ashamed of myself and now it's time to go uh get high and rich with my ganja brethren yeah i don't get that and i know that i'm biased against it so blah you guys can send the hate mail that's fine the other things that are going on though medusa what what is exactly is Medusa going to do when she does get back to Black Bolt? There, there is no Wonder Twin power to incorporate here. Yeah. So It's not
2: like she's going to get her hair She back. is a
0: hostage. She's a potential hostage in a future situation. And I, one of the things you'll know, and anybody that listens to this show, I am not the prognosticator guy. Mm. But I'm telling you, if she has no power except maybe some fighting skill set, which I'll give her, mm. But nothing else. She is a potential hostage. Yep. And so is it going to come down to where Black Bolt's got to save the day by screaming the opponents into oblivion? But he'll also end up screaming Medusa into oblivion as well if she does. Dun, 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 dun. Okay, well, there's one road to take her, yes, but that's not the road I want to see. No. I want to see a, a nice, strong, womanly role, which they can write. Oh, yeah. They have so many samples inside of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. To, to use and pawn from that they should have no problem writing something way more powerful than what's going on here with her. Crystal, another completely worthless woman role, Currently, I realize the kind of giant middle finger that she gives to the king in front of the genetic council. Ah, okay, is it just me, or is the genetic council like a bunch of people inside of the next bowling alley seats that you don't really ever know or talk to? <laughs> I don't care. I feel no endearment at all to the genetic council. What do they do? Did, all they do is I, they marshal I, well, in the know, people the that are. you know the I think we would care is? more
2: if we knew more about what the goings on in Anilan were. But I, we don't. We don't. We weren't allowed any of that. We're just thrown into this big coup right. that happens. And, 30 minutes into the first episode.
0: Right, and and was Crystal's giant speech, with the, again, the giant middle f- finger moment, was that televised to the people inside of the entire cast system? In particular, the people in, in the, the mines. mines. I want to know if they know what she said. Because if they had any endearment, then they would rally behind her and try and rise up and overthrow the kingdom. I've just written you a story that's infinitely more interesting than anything that we just saw over the last 43 minutes of television watching. Oh, yeah, well. And I hate that. I am, I am not the television writer. But when I can go and pluck interesting things that would have given us something, in my opinion, in your opinion, more interesting. Why didn't we go down those roads instead of watching Medusa strike off into someone that went down to the quickie mart to go get some more milk? I, I, I'm, I'm not understanding that. Uh, we, we've already talked about the, the now uh, ganja, the ganja, extra ganja brother. We've talked about Black Bolt, who I is absolutely on the front end of caring about anything inside the series. He is carrying the majority of the story load without saying anything. Yeah. Giant kudos to the writers for doing that. That is some ballsy move to stick him that far out on the branch when he doesn't say anything. Awesome, I love that. Uh, if we go back to the Moon, Maximus, he's kind of the only character. Yeah nobody else on the moon is even appearing anywhere and I'm assuming that that is a budget thing you can only have so many characters I get it we've seen and had the impact from that inside of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. many times Mm -hmm. but you know what they're able to skirt around it and then they bring in a guest that really does shine like Bill Paxton or any one of the other number of people that they bring in to be just a guest spot that adds some fire to what's going on and that is what's missing you and I talked about the fire on the moon where the hell is the fire on the moon were anybody that really liked the king and queen? Mm. Are, were there any? One would think. Uh, they didn't but where strike, are they? Yeah, They didn't strike me as the people that were, you know, get to the mines. Even though that's what you did, but that's because it's a caste system. It's not because they're evil. Mm-hmm. To hit the last candle wick here, let's hit Gorgon. Gorgon had tons of power coming in, quite literally. He stomps people into submission, literally. Yep. I love that. The first thing that he does when he's up against somebody that's, what, a third of his size? He starts duking it out with them. Anybody that is a fighter of any real kind will tell you, there's always somebody that knows more. Mm -hmm. And if they're smaller than you, it doesn't make any difference, dude. They know more than you, and they're going to kick your ass. So you have got to use your strategic advantage. And what does he have as a strategic advantage? Stomp the yard. The skill set that comes last. Guys, I realize how stupid this fight would have been if he just jumps out of a tree, lands, all the bad guys fall over, and they escape. I get how stupid that would have been. But how about this? He jumps down. Everybody jump, flies up into the air falls down. Some of them are kind of wheezy because, man, who wants to get stomped to the ground like that? But Mortis opens up his face shield, face hugger thing, and just goes, yeah, and destroys the entire nice guy, chill bra, human Hawaiian guys, and the only two people that are alive are Lucky and Gorgon. Mm. Gorgon does some other super awesome, super thunderous hooving pawness, and it's awesome, and everybody falls down again. Lucky jumps on his back, and he gallops away into the jungle because they don't have any other options. That's what good warriors do. When you know you, you are at... You have absolutely no chance. And it's because of this X Factor Mortis. Okay, well, let's fight live on to fight another day. Right, right, right. That's what I'm talking about, where it doesn't even have to be as simple as what I wrote. Obviously, you're not gonna have Mortis instantly light up everybody and everybody dies.
2: Mm.
0: But what if he did? Yeah. What if he what if he is able to squeeze off all but three people, Gorgon and two other losers? And then there has to be some sort of side battle. But instead, we get Gorgon fighting this tiny little imp woman who is kicking ass. I absolutely give it to her. But then a thunderous hoof, and she's done. Why not lead with that? I I, I don't understand. I don't understand. I I hate it when I have to try and doubt the programs we're watching because it reminds me so many years ago of The Following on Fox where not only were we treated stupidly as an audience, but it's like, why didn't they try this? Or why didn't they go in this direction or, and I I hated that. Absolutely hated it. And that was, that was two seasons of at least 16 episodes each. I mean, that was, that was pulling teeth to do that show. And I don't want this eight episode run to be anything like that. So I don't understand it. This episode follows the first two with a five. Guys, you got to get on the stick. you got to put the hooves down and start making something we can not only provide thundering awe at, but thunderous applause at. That's where we ask you guys, what did you think of this episode? Episode 3 of the first offering of Marvel's Inhumans, Divide and Conquer. Let us know what you think by going over to our Facebook presence. That's facebook.com forward slash shield podcast. Click on any of the threads that are there or start your own and start up a new dialogue to help us understand just exactly what we humans need to understand from Marvel's Inhumans. Until next time, I'm Mike Wilkerson, one of your hosts.
2: And I'm Nicholas J. Hearn, your other host.
0: Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.
1: We're thankful you were able to review this covert communication. Reviewing the most recent episode of Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., a chronicle of the stories and soon-to-be legends on ABC. Be sure to tune in to our ongoing top-secret communication with agents all over the globe via our Facebook presence immediately. Facebook.com forward slash S.H.I.E.L.D. Podcast to be the first to be made aware of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. news, the arrival of our newest reviews and more. The Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Podcast, a super show for fans of superheroes. Uncover the mysteries, critical information, and reviews now by accessing agentsofshield.tv. That's agentsofshield.tv. End this top secret two guys
0: talking communication.